0: Well, hey there families and welcome to today's episode we are so excited to be interviewing mama marlene from parenting 2.0 you guys this is going to be a good conversation i can't wait to tell you more about marlene and how i met her but um, mama marlene is a social entrepreneur who supports professional education for life skills used daily and um, we're just so happy you're here with us marlene welcome
1: I'm so delighted to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me as your guest.
0: Yes. So, so I'm gonna tell you guys what we're gonna talk about here um, in a second. But funny story, the way I met Marlene, I swear, was like there was like little angels or something that connected us. Because as I was telling Marlene before we started this interview, um, as we were trying to fin- to figure out some Skype difficulties, I actually found you, Marlene, through. A webinar that I had jumped on to do with one of my favorite mentors whose her name is Amy Porterfield and she had a tech glitch and during the tech glitch when like thousands of people were waiting to get online for this wonderful webinar that day we were you know those of us who were attending were in this chat box and I met A gentleman by the name of Mag Secretario, who then, like, we hit it off, and we realized we both like to help families and people with life skills. Mag's a sleep coach, and here I am, a parenting educator, and he invited me to one of your monthly calls, and I instantly just fell in love with you, Marlene. I mean, it just felt instantly, this connection and this gratitude for the work that you do, and I just knew oh my gosh, I just felt instantly blessed by your presence. And so I know I've only been able to attend some of your calls over the last few months, but um, you're just such a blessing to the world and what you're doing to educate people and families um, is just phenomenal. So thank you for, for everything that you do. We're, we're, just,
1: we're, we're grateful for you. Well, gratitude wholly mutual. I promise you, and it oh, takes the village. So yay. thank goodness we're all linking loving arms and service. Absolutely.
0: OK, so families, today we are going to talk about life skills. So Marlene's going to, I'm going to pass the mic to you in a second, Marlene, and you can tell us all about yourself and your story, how you got into this work, um, you know, a little bit more about your wonderful organization, but Marlene's going to tell us the difference between Parenting 1.0 and Parenting 2.0. You guys are probably like, what does that mean? So she's going to tell us more. We're going to talk about the definition of life skills and then why life skills merit proactive education from qualified professionals. So Marlene, start us off by um, telling us more about you and your story and how you found this work and more about your organization.
1: Well, I started off, you know, this was the journey that, you know, so much life happens while you're making other plans. Uh, And that happened to me, I, I had two small children, I had just finished graduate school before having my second child, my husband and I, had been married four years. He, he was relocated to, from um, Virginia to Pennsylvania. So we were sort of, if you think of human beings as plants, we were very stressed internally with a lot of new changes, having our second child. And we were stressed externally, being put in a new environment where we did not have family members or friends. He actually did not like his new position very much. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I just really like to think of human beings as, as plants. If you just take a plant and you, you know, put it in new soil, it's going to go through some shock. And looking back, I can say I was very likely suffering from postpartum depression hormonally, um, which was not addressed. All I knew is I fell into a deep depression. Yeah. And the only way I knew and what happened was my husband and I were arguing a lot. And mm. all I knew is I didn't want to argue, you know, to be contrasted with these small children and then adults arguing. It was so painful for me. Yeah. And I didn't know how to stop arguing with my husband. And so all I knew is I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do this. And so I did the Dear John letter, got on, I mean, if I told him I was going to leave, he would not have been thrilled with that. So, you know, I kissed him goodbye in the morning and I did that, the Dear John action. I got on a plane, flew with my daughter's home to my family in Seattle and just said, I'm, 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 I'm hurting. Yeah. Um, and I ended up um, seeing a doctor, unfortunately I, I presented quite well. So I presented as if I was far more doing better than I was. Um, I was giving some antidepressants and, um, and then I, but the reality is I, I felt like such a failure. I was always really that, you know, I had the perfect grades out of graduate right. school. I always really tried to do everything really well. So to be confronted with not doing things well was very, very painful for me. And um, as I say in my book, kissing the mirror, uh, I actually ended up failing in suicide. So when it comes mm, to yeah. life skills, I I've, when it comes to doing well, I was doing as poorly as a human plant could be doing. Uh, so my journey really started there. I think it's it's so easy for people to say their journey started when things were going well, when they you know wrote the best selling book or when they you know, but really my journey started with the awareness that the educational process we had in place, the educational process that we embraced as a society, that being, you will learn, you know, your primary classroom for social-emotional literacy skills will be parenting 1.0. The the individuals who personally are raising you, that will be your classroom, regardless of their qualifications, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, people often don't, consider change unless what is going on is not really working for them those are the people that are inspired to do things differently if it's all working really well or even if it's sort of sort of working right you're sort of happy in your marriage
2: good enough
1: yeah it's good enough then you're not really inspired to look at everything really differently well i crashed massively yeah and that and you know that was um an invitation to look at things From a new lens, and the and the lens that I looked at, and you you so that's you know where did it all begin? It it began with, crashing and burning, Uh, and then you you mentioned the difference between parenting 1.0, parenting 2.0. This is very critical, and very core to our advocacy. Parenting 1.0, states that you will learn, uh, your most critical skills, from the age of zero to eighteen, and and from individuals very likely not formally educated in these critical skills. Our definition for life skills at Parenting 2.0, and let me say, I I, I appreciate multiple definitions of life skills circulate. We embrace the definition, life skills are skills that every single human being learns. All 7.5 billion of us learn these skills by default. They're the mandatory curriculum. You don't get to decide uh, whether you want to be in the classroom of eating, right? You don't right. get to choose that classroom. If you don't eat, you die. Right. You don't get to decide you're gonna be in the classroom of sleeping. If you don't sleep, you'll go nuts. Yeah. You know? uh, so it's a mandatory classroom. So we're all in it, and the place we, and our primary educators in that, in that classroom are parents. Uh, and the unfortunate thing is that many parents were never formally educated in emotional literacy. How can you teach what you do not know?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I was and, and, and the and the parents who are struggling, they're not bad parents. They they just have low competencies and critical skills. So we have an educational classroom that is that is quite discriminatory at its foundation. They're only the only the fortunate few on the planet are going to be receiving quality education in the Parenting 1.0 classroom when parents are the teachers of these critical skills. So here we have critical skills uh, that you're going to use every single day, all of your life, and, and, and what's the classroom? Parenting 1.0. Parenting 2.0, by contrast, recognizes the role of every adult as part of the parental generation. We all, any one of us, can have, we were all paying taxes. Those taxes are going to schools. Those taxes are going to prisons. Those taxes are going to military. Um, We all have a role. And Parenting 2.0 invites adults to be conscious, to be good stewards in that role, to say, wow. And the really gorgeous thing is, any one person can do something that dramatically changes Uh, the quality of life for millions you and the the two of you are committing your you know this is a saturday we're recording this (laughs) podcast you're not out there at the beach with your kids you appreciate that families you know if we look at the human plants some human plants out there really need some nurturance And some, you know, some support in what they're in in growing and thriving. So you've committed your time to that. So you've really walked into your roles as universal mothers and fathers, not just mom and dad to my own children. And you also incorporate wisdom from others into your own parenting. So you really are the 21st century, um, the parenting 2.0 educators that we that we as an organization exist to support. Awesome.
2: Um, yeah, that, it, that- it does seem like that's something that we um, we talk about as a parent paradigm shift. And I think there are so many people that just kind of, like you said, it's like good enough. They just use whatever they've got that they learned from their parents or whatever or just instincts or whatever. And they just kind of go through it but there is this idea that there's there's so much more you can learn and so much more you can apply and if you were given the opportunity to have more tools in your tool belt or more empathy for a human being or or, or a different perspective around a situation wouldn't you say yes and i think that's kind of where we you know where we enter into different families lives
1: yeah Yeah. Yes, because so many parents, I mean, basically we're giving them, I mean, imagine, you know, I I, I don't, you're not a pilot, are you, Terry?
2: No, my uncle was.
1: Imagine I take you out and I I say, hey, jump in that cockpit, fly that 747. You know, if you've never been taught the skills, you were never given the practice time, you were never given quality education, you're probably going to crash the plane. Right. And we're doing the exact same things with uh, parents today. We're saying, hey, go out there and uh, teach your children social-emotional literacy, financial literacy, environmental literacy, digital literacy. Uh, and, and Or we're saying, hey, once you have children, we're gonna teach you, right? The paradigm is let's teach parents so parents will teach children. That's like teaching you once you're in the cockpit, hey, Terry, now that you're in the cockpit, I'm gonna teach you how to fly this plane. We've, we've gotta get ahead of the game. We've, yes. got to, we've got to acknowledge that 21st century life skills are very complex. If, you, if we take digital literacy alone, right, people who are committed full-time, working full-time, yeah. understanding the changes in technology are challenged keeping up with daily changes. I mean, just look at the apps that are, inv- you know. Yeah. And, yet, and yet, and so people say, oh, well, parents need to learn this and then teach their children. It's not going to happen. In the two hours that we have between, put, you know, coming home from work, putting our children to bed, you know, doing the homework, we got to get real about the fact that critical skills are not being, they're not receiving the formal professional education and priority that they deserve, and the great team of uh, educators that they warrant. Uh, no parent's going to be an expert
0: right. in
1: all of these skills.
0: Well, hey there, families. This episode is brought to you by the Fresh Start free online masterclass. What to do when your kids say no? Five positive parenting tips to help gain cooperation and dissolve power struggles with integrity. Families, this is one of my favorite topics to teach on. We're going to cover how to gently guide your kids towards action even when they don't want to move or do what's asked of them, ways to see kids who push back a lot as incredible blessings and future leaders, I promise they really are, the importance of paradigm shifting with thoughts and beliefs about power-seeking misbehavior, and how to implement a pause button or a heart connector to ignite creativity and model self-control. You can head to www.freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash power struggles class. That's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash power struggles class to save your spot. I will see you at class. Yeah, so Marlene, tell us more about Parenting 2.0 um, as an organization. So, what you do is you, Parenting 2.0 is a nonprofit, is that
1: right? So, great question. Parenting 2.0 is really the soup pot, it's just, it's really a mix. There are people in the Parenting 2.0, um, our primary uh, entity or gathering place is the LinkedIn group, which numbers uh, close to 9,000 individuals right now
2: Um,
1: I started that group in 2009 simply to share the concept of life skills report cards which was something I created when my daughters were tweens and 11 and 14 I just was very aware that there was this amazing educational process in place for sports academics music Uh, and yet when it came to life skills they had their mom and dad Right, And I was like, well, this is this is a gross imbalance. Uh, so I sat down at the kitchen table and I, I wrote down all the life skills that they really needed. And I said, hey, you know, I may not be an expert in these skills, far from it, but we can embrace third-party professionals that are. We can identify the areas where we're struggling. We can look at it with compassion. Uh, every learning curve begins with low competencies. And one of the things that happens with Life skills is that we disparage low competencies. We call children, for example, bullies, right? Right. Children that struggle with conflict resolution, self-regulation. So, uh, just giving just giving respect for low competencies. So the, um, I just digressed from your question. But so the parenting 2.0 on LinkedIn, it was to share the life skills report card that I created for my children. Actually, ended up being a great communication tool. Right. Uh, and so – and my my eldest daughter actually insisted that I share it. And I thought, well, who am I to share this? I'm, I'm the biggest loser when it comes to life skills, you know. Uh, so I tried to send it to Dr. Phil. Right. Uh, but, but nobody wrote me back. So it was like, okay, you know, I just let it die, you know. What do I do with this – And so my oldest daughter said, Mom, you need to start a group on LinkedIn. And I knew nothing about social media. So that was not a pretty beginning. But (laughs) what was amazing is that, like, I literally didn't even know how to accept somebody in my group. I think after having the group three months, a woman wrote me a really mean letter, much warranted. You know, I was grateful she wrote it. She said, I've been waiting three months to come into your group. Are you going to accept me or should I withdraw my request? Like, I didn't even know how to accept somebody into my group. Right. Uh This is how, this is how bad it was. So, um, but the amazing thing was all these people started joining, you know, we said we are focused on life skills and all, you know, just a lot of people started joining. It took on a conversation of its own, clearly a a conversation that a lot of people wanted to have.
2: Um,
1: and so it took on its own life, but from that group, which is again, a hodgepodge, uh, that we did uh, create a nonprofit, an educational nonprofit called the Global Presence. Awesome. And uh, the global presence are really are, uh, we, we recognize those who really are on the front lines. They are, in fact, providing proactive professional education for life skills daily. They recognize. That no, you know, modern day parent is going to be an expert in all these arenas, and that the classroom of expecting that these skills will be adequately taught by um, by parents is is hopelessly antiquated. And and the really sad part is that, really tragic, is that billions of children are paying a huge price for our failure to improve the educational process. And the example I will give you is sexual literacy education. That is a very sacred, you know, for many, many families, they say, oh, no, 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 we're teaching this at home. I am very happy for the families that are teaching it at home. I'm I'm, I'm grateful for those families. But we must recognize it's like food. There are billions of parents that were themselves raped or molested. They do not have the education. They do not know how to teach their children. And over 90% of children that are raped and molested are raped and molested by friends and family. Right. So to say that that's going to be your classroom when that's, we're all, you know, that's, you're just perpetuating low competencies. This cannot be acceptable. Right. This cannot be acceptable. So that's just one example. The other example is digital literacy. Children are teaching children. Children, incidences of rape, child rape on child rape have greatly increased because kids are watching porn right. at the age of five on the Internet. And these are things people don't want. You know, I get it's uncomfortable. Yeah, but think how uncomfortable it is for the five year old that's being raped by her brother.
0: Right, right. So
1: you know, not talking about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, and and that's the low end. Okay, so that's the tragic end. But think about think about untapped human potential. Um, if we were teaching children, you know, right now a lot of attention, rightfully so, is on the recent mass murders in the U.S. Yeah, one of the individuals whose son, I, th- I think Sandy Hook, when, S- when Sandy Hook occurred, that was a tipping point for many of us. We said, if not now, when? Right, that if one. If not oh, now, yeah. when? When will we wake up that we have got to do different to have different? Yeah. One of the beautiful things that was born out of Sandy Hook w- is by one of the mothers of one of the young boys who was murdered, Jesse Lewis's mother, Scarlett Lewis started an organization. She identified, you know, if, if you don't really understand the problem, you're not going to come up with a good solution. Right. And we can't even talk about a solution. We can't even come into agreement. We're battling as a nation onto solutions. Right. Uh, so maybe we teach, maybe we learn how to talk. Maybe we learn how to dialogue compassionately and, and hear different perspectives. She started an organization called Choose Love where they are teaching social-emotional literacy education from zero, from kindergarten through 12th grade. This is a Beautiful. great example yep. of things we can be doing. And, and this is an example of teaching. I mean, we teach math literacy in schools. Why are we not teaching social-emotional literacy skills? Aren't they more critical, truly, than yes. math literacy? Yeah, right. everybody's going to need social emotional literacy. Every, every single, single person, person
2: every, every day of every their life. Every
1: single person. You may go through your life. I haven't used algebra since I graduated, honestly. Right. Not one day. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm but social emotional literacy, I needed that very 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 much. That's low competencies in social emotional literacy is the reason I crashed and burned. Yeah. We need that we need that to fly our human plane. And And it's teachable there's so many great programs
0: let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now if you're anything like most parents you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited Yes. So Parenting 2.0 and the global presence organization or nonprofit that you, you really rally educators and helpers of the world, right? Would that be a good way to summarize it? You rally us all together. You literally, like Marlene, when I get on a call with you, when I am able to make it on a monthly call. You, you just fill us with this, um, this motivation to keep doing our work and to help us remember the importance of it. And it, and so it's, it seems like you're just this incredible cheerleader and advocate and, um, and, and then you have, there's a every two years, right? You have a big conference, right? Where you bring us all together. Is that, is that true? Is that right? Every two years?
1: Yes, we have we have a three-pronged mission uh, with, with the Parenting 2.0 and the global presence. The first one is to um, shine a bright light on life skills and the importance of a new classroom. It, it's very important. We emancipate life skills education from the Parenting 1.0 classroom. It, so we shine a bright light on life skills. We say, listen, these are your most important skills. These are the ones you're using every day throughout the entirety of your life they warrant quality education by a third party professional secondly supporting life skills professionals because the majority of you are out there absent a society that has given you a bonus you know absent social emotional literacy education in schools right Right. i mean most educators are out there doing podcasts on weekends you know we're blazing our own new trails uh to create a classroom a quality educational process the classroom there's always we're always in the class, you know. Again, mm-hmm. class isn't optional, but quality education. So we're blazing new trails to to provide the quality education uh, to individuals. And then, uh, thirdly, to connect life skills professionals, because very often educators are out there working uh, in silos. They're you know reinventing the wheel. So linking uh, life skills professionals. You know, so, for example, sexual literacy educators in India, in the U.S., linking them together, having them work together, it's awesome, yeah, and collaborate. So that's our three-prong mission: shine a bright light on life skills, and the necessity of emancipating education from the parenting 1.0 classroom, supporting life skills professionals, and supporting uh, individually, and in supporting you in connecting with one another. Mm, it's so awesome! It's, and it's wonderful. We do have the world's only uh, professional conference for life skills educators, and that's called p 20 Talks. And we alternate regional advocacy in odd years with international conferences in even years. So in 2012, we hosted our first conference in San Diego, California, and we had uh, professionals from four continents. In 2014, we had our second one in Dublin, Ireland, 2016 in Goa, India. 2018 in Sydney, Australia. And in 2020, we will be in Salvador, Brazil. Oh, we love Brazil.
2: Yeah, <laughs> love all those places.
1: Well, good, we'll get you guys coming. We'll get You're yeah. officially invited to present. <laughs> Thank
0: you, oh, nice. What well, I just
2: and- love it because it's also, you know, um, the spirit of all of this is around that this, I think most people think that this type of life skill work and whatever phase it is that like, that it's optional. And I think people like, you know, Wendy's, you know, starting Fresh Start Family and everything that that you've explained is like, no, people, this is not optional. This isn't just like, oh, see if you can fit this in and see if this works for you. It's um, it's like you said, shining a light on and saying, no, this is actually flip it the other way around. Some of the other stuff that you think is mandatory might be optional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's doing the work every single day. Parents are having conversations with one another, with their, with their colleagues. And, and this is, extends beyond the home, right? I mean, whatever emotional literacy skills you have, they're going, you're gonna be using them at work, at the office, at the gym, wherever. So we're using them, everybody's doing the work all day, every day, even when you are sleeping. There, this is one example of a very critical skill people, very few people have education in, and that is the skill of intra-communication, self-talk. Yeah. That's a skill. That's a skill all 7.5 billion people use every day, even when they're sleeping, intra-communication. How many people ever had a quality educator for intra-communication?
0: Yes, which is, I love to hear that term because that is something that I coach my families on. I mean every single week in our, our membership group it's called the bonfire we talk so much about it we call it self-talk <laughs> and it can be so destructive right but we talk about capturing thoughts letting go of thoughts not engaging with thoughts making sure this the story is truthful that you're telling yourself like i love having that word put on it of intercommunication as a life skill because it is so important, and n- most of us are not taught what to do with it, and I think most of us would agree that it can get really out of hand and be super destructive if you're not careful, especially once well, you start imagine, parenting. Well, imagine
1: having a three-year-old in your house running around, throwing around furniture, opening the fridge, throwing all the food around, and doing nothing, right. doing nothing, <laughs> exactly. letting that three-year-old just terrorize your house Right. and doing nothing. We have... Our self-talk is often as wild and out of control as a 3-year-old that has never been educated. Yep. It is it is so so many people have such disparaging self-talk. They are so they talk to themselves worse, you know, if a yeah. toddler if a toddler's crawling we don't say Oh, stop falling, you know I mean we say, we put out our arms, Good job, good job. get up. You How can many do of it. us talk to ourselves in our learning curves the way right. we would a toddler learning to walk, crawl and walk? We don't we're really really hard on ourselves and 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 that need not be and if we had a quality educator, right. which any those of us who have engaged quality educators um, and and spend time. It takes practice, right? You've got to you've got to find a quality educator. You've got to spend time practicing. It's really wonderful when you have classmates that right. appreciate. Hey, this is a tough learning curve, but we're making progress. Yeah, um, and that's know,
0: that's exactly what happens in our membership program, right? Like we get together, whether it's the parenting. I mean. Of course, at First Start Family, we do a lot of positive parenting curriculum, but then we also do a lot of just working on ourselves. So it's the relationship skills, it's the intercommunication, it's the communication with others. It's the peaceful conflict resolution. It's the sleep. It's diet. It's like all these life skills within ourselves that we're kind of all learning as adults because often we weren't given that, you know, education outside of the Parenting 1.0 classroom. So, yeah, we're figuring it out. And then we do it together as a group. And then we have the quality educator, which is me. and, And but when you do it together with classmates, it's so much more encouraging and there's accountability. And it's just It's fun, like I've I've never thought of my membership group as a classroom, but it really is. (laughs) And it's more fun that way, for sure.
1: Yes, and everybody, you know, I I always say everybody, um, the question is not will you learn life skills? You are. If you're alive, you're learning them. The only question is what is the quality of the educational process? Yes, yeah. What is the quality? Who, how much are you, how loving is it? Do you have loving teachers? Are you loving yourself in the learning? And, you know, people so often disparage failure. All of learning is learning is 99% failure. Once you're not failing anymore, you have mastery. Right. But if you're learning, you're failing. I'm learning to golf right now, which is, I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm humbling. Oh, my (laughs) land. Yes. But it's such the best thing. And I was never, ever, 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 ever going to learn golf. I thought it was the poorest expenditure of human hours possible. <laughs> but then we uh, moved two minutes from a beautiful mountain golf course. And my husband loves to golf. And this became a marriage between me wanting to take an evening stroll in nature. I was like, well, okay, I can walk. I can do an evening stroll with my husband. And I just have to learn how to hit a little ball as I'm going along. Like, how hard can that be? Oh, my goodness. Right. Uh, but it's such a good reminder. The, the important thing is, really loving ourselves, knowing, you know, my husband and I have a line we use a lot, I'm learning, you're learning. If I were to give everybody in your audience two words, I'm learning. Love those words every time something, you know, every time because you're learning and you you must love failure in the journey. Otherwise, Mm. you'll never have mastery. So really, really, really loving learning and loving failure. So I'm learning, you're learning. So when we make a mistake, you know, or we turn the wrong way on a freeway or we whatever, we just those words, we use them a lot in my household. Somebody might say we overuse. Them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know what? They bring so much. They will instantaneously bring so much compassion, necess- necessitated compassion into the classroom. There's well, too and- much condemnation and, and not enough compassion. And-
0: Know if you have any questions, firststartfamilyonline.com dot com forward slash firm and kind. Here's a story. Then you're right. It instantly brings compassion. So um, there's a story I always tell my. In my families, of when Stella, our oldest, who's now 11 and a half, she was about seven. And so her and her brother were probably bickering or doing something and fighting one night and I was tired and I had just had enough. And so I always love to be super honest with my families and um, tell them that I too, you know, especially in the early years of my teaching would have nights where I just freak out. Um, and so at night I had yelled at them, screamed at them and screamed at them and said, you're going straight to bed. That's it. I'm sick of it. There was no peaceful conflict negotiation there was no empathy there was no relationship going on it was just like i'm done with you you know shame scolding whatever and they were supposed to go straight to bed um and stella walked in again she was probably seven at the age and um and i have a tendency to become a little stubborn right terry <laughs> if i'm like i don't
2: know what the right answer is there.
0: <laughs> so so i was like nope you're going to bed i don't care and she was like mom just listen just listen to me for a second and she goes Mom, and She's crying, and she goes, Mom, look at me. Look at me. It's okay. We're just learning. Taryn and I are learning, and we, it's okay. We, we we can make different choices tomorrow. She goes, I've only been a kid for seven years, Mom, and you've only been a mom for seven years. We're learning together how to do this. And Marlene, it stopped me straight in my in my tracks, and I was, like, humbled, and the compassion flowed out of me. Like I mean, and Terry knows. Like it's hard to do that, and that was one night where I was like, "Holy smoke, Stella, you're right. Okay, I'm willing to to start fresh here, and I'm and okay if we can change things, then I'm, then we don't need to go straight to bed." But it was like the most beautiful statement that it's true, and I tell my families that all the time. You know, we have a lot of spouses that aren't on board so to speak right or they're resistant to the work and so they'll often look at uh, an evening like let's just say just this week just last night you know a friday night i look at my group and i see a a mom has posted that the nighttime was a disaster again the kids were fighting and jumping and freaking out and the little one was slapping someone and the mom was like oh my gosh i'm done she went in this next room to kind of do some self-calming and the dad screams you know, great. I'm so glad all this new stuff you're learning is working. It's clearly not working, right? And it's like I, I you know, you wish you could be there, this like little angel to come in and hug them both and say, failure is part of the journey. like when you when it doesn't work, it's just as much of an opportunity to learn as when it goes perfectly smooth, as long as you persevere, right? As long as you um, stay your ground and keep showing compassion and creativity and empathy and keep coming back for the professional education and support. So the fact that she came into the group and, and posted that was so important because then I could come back and support her. But so many people get thrown off by the failure and they think that's it. I tried it once, I tried it twice, it's done. It doesn't work. But it's not true. It's just part of the learning. I mean, Terry and I could probably give fifty-seven thousand examples of evenings or days where we tried something and it didn't work, so to speak. But when we tried it again the next day and tweaked our application or our tone, or you know how long we tried to calm down or how long we took some deep breaths or you know whatever it was, that's where we found the success. So I just I love it. The the failure is not. Um, it's just, it's just part of the the journey. It's and it's. Oh, it's
1: it's it's ninety nine. I mean, think about you know. Or, I mean, anything you learn, riding a bike, it's always hardest too. That's the thing. Once you get it, oh, it's easy. I don't know, if, you know. Once you get it, okay. But when you're learning, that's the hard. That when it's hard, when everybody's screaming at each other, you know. Yeah. Um, th- that's when it's hard. And I mean, my husband and I still holler it. It's a very short you know, it'd be like kind of the Bahamas, you know, like thunderclouds, it'll be hot and, you know, last about a minute, but we'll still holler at each other. I mean, you know, I mean, so you never get perfect at this, right. but the, the periods of love and appreciation, but yes. So number one, embracing failure. What I love is that you're providing the education and a compassionate classroom for people. Um, Wendy and Terry, the, the one thing I learned when I was first Again, uh, sort of, it sort of fell on my own shoulders to introduce a life skills report card to the w- world and have the conversation. And I felt the least equipped. It was only by coming into the conversation that I realized one thing was really missing. And that one thing was compassion for low competencies. Mm, I love that. There was yep. so much name calling. You know, if you had high competencies, you're wonderful and good but even you know again i mean people with phd's in human development were calling children bullies do you have bullies in your family do you have bullies in it's like that's a whole person derogatory label for for a particular for low competencies in a particular life skill right so i came into it because i had struggled i came into it with great compassion for low competencies and i learned in time that that is exactly what the conversation, what the educational classroom was missing. We were calling, you know, we call children entitled or spoiled. Again, we use a whole person derogatory label for low competency in a particular skill.
0: Yeah. I remember when you taught me that, I feel like it was our first call together that I ran into my group that Friday. We meet every every Friday in an online classroom for my membership group, The Bonfire. And I was like, guys. You gotta get this mindset. This is low competency. These are life skills. You know, I just was—I remember being so excited to put it in those terms because, just like you said, you know, like when we have kids that are learning to walk, babies that are learning to walk. You know, they, you, you get them up and you're like, look, they're gonna start walking at ten months or sixteen months, whatever it is, and then they wobble a little bit and they fall down. And you know, the classic analogy is, we, what do we do? We don't go, what is wrong with you? Are you kidding me? On like day three of them tripping and falling, we say, you know, no, get up. You got this. Try again. It's okay. Um, But with the life skills when it comes to, like, self-control right like not hitting your sister or learning to speak respectfully when you're like so supercharged with with an emotion or um you know learning to have self-regulation when it comes to um having explosive tantrums or whatever it is like those are the life skills that we're real short with and we have a tendency to just be like can you just learn already? I'm done. Like there's no, I, I love just the the idea of approaching it, it is, It's it's going to take time and it's just a, like math and English. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't learn algebra overnight. It takes years of having someone support you and teach you and you sometimes are going to get a C on a test and it doesn't mean you can't get an A tomorrow. It just means you need to go back to the classroom and get supported and get more creative. Maybe A child who's getting a a D on an algebra test needs a different type of learning or a different type of tutor. And so that analogy for my families who are teaching their kids um, all these beautiful life skills that all of us are teaching if we have toddlers or kids of any age. um, It's just such a nice, refreshing way to look at it that I think gives families hope and endurance and courage and strength to kind of keep returning that compassion and kindness because that's what it takes in the end it takes faith and consistency and then one day they no longer tantrum or they no longer you know push back so hard or they know how to do like our kids know now at age 11 and 8 how to have for the most part peaceful conflict resolution you know we can say to them we're not getting involved and you guys need to go in the backyard and work it out and they know how to do that 90 percent of the time they still they'll still wind up and and it puts yourself
2: it it puts yourself into the arena too because I think there's this thing like you know, oh, parents know everything and the kids just need to be taught. It's like right. if we can put our all of ourselves into this, we're all learning, we're all doing this. You're more likely to have like the kind of, um, you know, upside to like the story you told where Stella acknowledges that she's only been a kid for seven years and you've only been a mom for seven years. We're all learning together. It's like, let's just be honest with one another. We all Need to dive into this. Nobody has the answer. That dad that was frustrated at that moment when you told that he didn't have the answers. Right. It's not like he was like, "Oh, if we only would have done that." He just was being critical.
0: He was scared. Yeah, he was scared that the. So it's like
2: let's put all of ourselves into this situation where we're all learning.
0: Yep. And that's that's what we try to do at Fresh Start Family is is just support, right? All these areas, like as adults, we also are learning self-control. We also are learning how to identify emotions. We also are are learning when to communicate those emotions, when not to communicate those emotions. These are all things that, like you said, Marlene, we're we're learning. And the the dream for Fresh Start Family, the vision, I should say, is to, to have that be required curriculum in high school right i mean it's like i don't know what the statistics are but it sure seems like 95 percent of the planet is going to procreate right we're gonna it feels like most people will have children so it's just crazy that we don't have any type of parenting curriculum taught in high school or at least college 101 right like you know, how do you teach a little soul with compassion and integrity? How do you get another human being to comply and stay within boundaries and rules without using fear and force with them? Like, it's just amazing to me that, how you know, how many thousands of years have humanity been on the planet? And this is just something that, like you said, the very small percentage of the world will get this quality education and yeah so so you and i and and terry and you know we're, we're dedicated to changing that and it's it's an honor to be doing it alongside people like you
1: well a hundred percent you guys and i mean i'm just so thrilled you're you're just you know we have to get out there and speak up because again there's there are too many people that are feeling shame um yeah. because of the way we've set it up oh you're going to learn this from your parents. Well what if the parents never learned it
2: mm-hmm. or
1: uh, we all learn it, but what if they learned low? What if they learned? Hey, we saw, you know, my parents, what if my parents punched each other when they were frustrated? Right. Well, then I learned to punch and then I teach and then my kids will punch. It doesn't mean anybody's a bad person. It's just you, if you're never taught something, how are you going to do it differently? And the one thing that's very important, in addition to respecting, um, to having compassion and appreciation for for low competencies, Every learning curve begins with a low competency. That's where it starts. So we must respect it. If we want to have high competencies, we must be kind and respectful to low competencies. The second thing is distinguishing between the individual and the skill. When a child is learning math, we say the math is difficult. But when children are learning self-regulation, which you referenced, Wendy, we often say the child is difficult. Right. right? Such a good clarification. We say the child is difficult. We don't say, oh, this is a difficult skill, my child's learning. You know, when they have a meltdown in, in, in the, the Safeway store or Vons or whatever we have in San Diego. Uh, you know, they're having a meltdown in the grocery store. Well, grocery stores are very, very overwhelming. That's a lot of stimuli. And if and that's a skill. Self-regulation is a skill. So th- this is the problem when we have the behavioral lens. The behavioral lens, oh, my child's behaving or misbehaving, and misbehaving often leads to punishment. The, the child's not misbehaving. The child is struggling. The child is struggling with a specific skill. That skill is self-regulation. And if we ask what has the educational process been for the child, did the child learn meditation? Did the child learn any self-calming? What are the parents? What was the parents' educational um, uh, curriculum? In self-regulation we know that when we are teaching meditation in schools the program uh, quiet time every single 10 minutes of just quieting the mind this is just self-talk right right self-talk yeah. education meditation let me have a calm mind when I have a calm mind I have all the wonderful um, endorphins that help my brain function well Uh, Functional but if I'm stressed out I have cortisol adrenaline testosterone. We have all the stressed out hormones My brain doesn't function well so preparing the mind for study Every single metric you would want to improve in a school improves with children simply calming their minds twice a day Uh, So we know these programs work what we what is very much needed is Societal will we need to come together as citizens and you know, and it wasn't that long ago It was just a few hundred years ago in the history of humanity, that we decided children need not be limited by, to, to parental competencies and resources in academics. That was just a few hundred years ago. Right, yeah. And we started providing compulsory free academic education. So 200 years ago, only 12% of the population could read and write, 12% of the population.
2: Right. Today,
1: 95% of the population under the age of 25 can read and write. Why is that? It's because as a society, We decided children need not be limited to parental competencies and resources in academics. And we can do the same today for life skills.
0: Mm, I love it. I love this, Marlene. I know it's boom, boom. Yes, I know we gotta let you go soon and let you get back to your glorious Saturday. But this is so, I love the way you phrase it because I feel like a lot of times the work like we teach here at Fresh Start Family or any type of social emotional literacy work can feel like it's like this, hippie, like we're we're t- we're gonna talk to you about your emotions and feeling, and and it's like no, this is just a life skill. Every single human being is going to get angry, and they're gonna get angry in a relationship. Every single human being is gonna have times when they have trouble with self-control and they often want to wind up and hurt somebody. Like, these are not just like some, let's come into my classroom and we'll teach you about emotions. This is a groovy, we're in California. It's like, no, this is just basic
1: literacy. This yeah, is like- every, already everybody's already in the classroom. Yeah. And the only question is, what is the quality of the educational process? That is the only question. And you can ask anybody you meet on the street, Who taught you social-emotional literacy? Where did you learn it? What were their qualifications? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's such a good conversation, Marlene. Thank you for enlightening us today and just bringing your wealth of knowledge um, to this discussion. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing through Parenting 2.0 through um, global presence. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I know I am such, I'm humbled and honored to be part of um, your organization as a global presence ambassador. And um, you just bring so much light to the world. And I'm I'm grateful for everything that you do. So tell our listeners as we, as we end our episode today, if they want to help with this movement um, you know, besides getting in quality education for themselves, for their family, um, what do you recommend? Um, you know, should they go to your website? Should they, like, you know, if someone's like, yes, I need to prioritize um, life skills for my family. I'm, I want to commit to teaching, you know, getting more quality educational processes for my family. What do you recommend? Uh,
1: the best thing to do is to go to our parenting 2.0.org website and if you're on the right website you're going to see a whole bunch of faces smiling and then right there on the home page you can personally do an online assessment of the life skills report card just go ahead and look at your own you know just do your own personal assessment we don't keep any of this information it's just for you right but it helps you get started with the conversation and respecting that life's distinguishing between the person and the skill right just yeah. just beginning there. Um, and then, yeah, getting a team, embracing wisdom of third party professionals. You are not as a parent going to be an expert in all these arenas. Right. That's the good news. You're not going to be. No wonder you feel like you're failing because you're not you're being asked to do the job of 10 people. Right. <laughs> this, is the twi- this is the 21st century and these skills warrant 21st century education. Yeah. so we bring good news to parents we're acknowledging we have asked them to do the impossible we're not asking them anymore we're telling them listen these are critical skills we need to enhance the educational pros- process that is the solution and then if you are a life skills professional contact us personally uh, we have a contact page because we you know we're going to support you uh, very magnanimously in doing what we consider the most important work on, you know, on the planet
0: Oh, so awesome Marlene love it Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for everything. We will make sure that we put everything that we've talked about today and links to all of Mama Marlene's um, websites and information to contact her in the show notes for today's episode. So thanks so much for listening, families. And Marlene, um, thank you so much. Big hugs, and we love you.
1: Thank you, Terry and Wendy, for having me. Thank you for your show. For more
0: information... to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. volcano instead of respond like the firm